0: years of COVID fears and restrictions of world travel, international buyers fled Australia en masse, reducing the opportunity for locals to capitalise on a varied buyer pool. But also, the reduction of international students and immigrants who couldn't come to our shores ensured that international buyers couldn't see the value in investing in our property. Now that we have seen the last of the lockdowns, are they coming back? We will find out in this episode. International buyers, are they making a return? You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langder. Real Copyright is your one-stop shop for all your property writing needs. We write sales ads, property management ads, websites, staff profiles, marketing letters, and we can even train your staff with some top tips on how to get the right buyers or tenants to their door. If you need a little pizzazz in your copy, call Lisa on 0359 to find out more. David Tong director of Sequoia Property, has over 28 years of experience in property investment across the globe. David has been working with international buyers for over 12 years, working with international agents to service his international clients. However, 80% of his clients are everyday Aussies paving a way to financial freedom. To tell us about the other 20%, welcome David, how are you today?
1: Oh, hi, thanks. Thanks, Sue. Good morning.
0: Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Now, um, now this, uh, today's topic is about international buyers and are they making a return. Now, as we said in the introduction, um, 80% of your clients are actually every day off Aussies, you know, working to build their financial freedom. Um, but you do have some international clients. Where do most of yours come from?
1: Um, I work with um, a number of um, uh, overseas um, uh, agents and partners where they will refer um, uh, clients to me to look for Australian properties. And I would say um, maybe half of them will be from mainland China and the rest will be from um, Taiwan, uh, Malaysia, Hong Kong and Singapore and also some from Indonesia.
0: Yeah, nice. Um, Do you get any from like India or the UK or US sometimes?
1: Uh, not so much. Uh, not um, occasionally, maybe we get um, one or two referrals from um, from existing clients. We have um, relationships uh, with um, uh, people in in other countries, um, but they yeah. are the um, like the the one off rather than a yeah. consistent flow of buy.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Now, now that we're sort of out of the lockdowns of 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 uh, COVID, are you finding that there's a bit more interest coming from international buyers um, into Melbourne?
1: Uh, there are so since the lifting of the um the the restrictions gradually, um yeah. a number of um uh, my Chinese agents and Chinese buyers have actually physically visited Melbourne and and um and we managed to catch up and just uh talk about um uh what to do um uh, moving forward. So they are already uh, scouting around. They are already back on the ground to look at the um the, the situations so that they can then yeah. when they go back to um. Uh, uh, to the countries then um, they can um, get prepared for uh, for a full reopening
0: yeah awesome um, so obviously, in the last two years, the Melbourne landscape has changed a little bit, so what type of properties are they
1: looking for the um, uh, majority of them are actually still looking for um, uh, for house and land um, yeah. so because uh, because for a lot of um, uh, buyers overseas um, because Asia is so crowded and, and um so um so heavily populated, most people live in small apartments. So to have a house is is a um uh, unreachable dream for um for, for billions of people. So when they come to Australia and they realize, that, oh, for what I pay for a, a two bedroom apartment, I could get a four bedroom house on four hundred square meter land. Um that becomes um and still like within close proximity to um uh, to city centre, that becomes um a major attraction. So uh, what what I found um um uh, recently is that um um a lot of the Chinese agents or um or even Chinese buyers, they are specifically looking for um um houses or or house and land. Having said that, there are also the, um um uh, uh parents, they are specifically looking for inner city apartments which are close to uh universities or um education. Um, institutions, and mm-hmm. they are uh, they are looking to um, to buy them for um, uh, for the children to live in when they um, um, uh, when they're studying here.
0: Yeah, so it's nice to see that they are looking for the future, knowing f- you know that their children may not, you know want to uh, study here, or are they just expecting that they're going to study here?
1: Uh, <laughs> Well, the, the the ones that are looking for um for for property in the city, the, um, uh, their children have already been approved, uh, by okay. um by, by university, so they know they are definitely coming. And, okay. and um, and it, some of them for the well, while instead of renting, which uh, which um, uh, they would consider debt money, they might just buy, and then the the kids can, can can live in there, and then, eventually, if they stay in Australia, they can continue to live in there. If not, yeah. then that can be used as a as a kept can be kept as an investment, or they can then sell it. Um, hopefully for a profit in the future. So
0: yeah, nice. There seems to be more interest in investing for themselves, their family, rather than investing as an asset. Or are they buying just to occupy?
1: Um, since twenty seventeen, um, there are two changes in Australia which pretty much dried up the um. Uh, the investment um, business from overseas. So people yeah. that are looking at now are uh, mainly to buy to uh, occupy themselves. Um, okay. So two things change um, between so twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen is that um, uh, a lot of states in Australia started implementing um, foreign buyer stamp duty. So yeah. so in addition to the four or five percent stamp duty that we we pay, um, mm-hmm. foreigners we have to pay an extra seven to eight percent stamp duty and so that becomes a the number one there was this becomes a a deterrent but that's not a major one because around the world pretty much every country that um, uh, overseas buyers like to invest in they have implemented something similar so like Canada UK even Hong Kong Hong Kong had a lot of uh, mainland Chinese buyers going in as well buying investment properties Um, they also implemented like 25 percent extra stamp duty uh, for for mainland Chinese buyers to buy in Hong Kong, so that so in comparison, Australia is actually not too bad. Um, mm-hmm. But the second uh, the second hurdle is the um, uh, bank lending. So mm-hmm. um, since around 2017, the, um, the major Australian banks um, pretty much stopped lending to um, to overseas um, uh, investors, um, mm-hmm. mainly due to um, uh, pressure from April and. I guess um uh political pressures and, and the royal commission and things like that so so in the past um overseas buyers can get the same rates as you and me, so now we can let's say we go to a bank we can get a home loan between two to three percent overseas buyers can get the same thing, but since the major banks stopped lending to overseas buyers um and that doesn't just apply to like Chinese buyers, even if you've got um like an an Aussie expat uh, working in UK um making um earning pounds um uh, they may also consider that as um um uh, as a young um, a foreign income person um yeah. and might also attract um high interest rates so instead of paying um, like 2 to 3% like we do um the rate gone the rate was a high as high as 6 uh, to 7% um wow. so that also becomes a um a um, a deterrent um yeah. But the second, but that part is now changing. So, so since sort of early this year, there are products uh, coming up, not from the major banks, but from other um, uh, private lending um, uh, uh, institutions, that yeah. are actually offering um, similar interest rates as major as major banks, um, and then they do lend based on overseas incomes. So that is kind of like the exciting news um which will help when the um uh from second half this year onwards for um for overseas buyers who want to buy in australia because instead of paying like six to seven percent they can just pay uh two to three percent like um like you and me wow
0: that's exciting so there will be a little bit of a return happening in the second half of 2022
1: yeah it? and then also um uh, because we also manage um, uh, rental properties, and we we've already started getting um, inquiries from overseas students looking for rental, and a lot of them are looking at, um, at coming in uh, at June or July. Um, yeah. So that indicates that um, uh, a lot of students have already got their visas, already got their approvals, and they're they're start starting um, in the um, in the second half um, semester of the year. Mm-hmm. So so we will see a influx of. Um, uh overseas students coming back so June, July time frame. So that will that will of course um create uh a lot more demand for the rental market, which of course yeah. that will help the um uh, the sales market as well. And yeah. and a lot of those intentional students, once they arrive here, uh they might start looking around uh, for property to buy as well.
0: Well that's the thing. I was I, I have been talking to a few property managers this week and you know their thoughts have been while the government did open the floodgate for international students and immigrants to come back they're not seeing as much demand as the government would like um, but if that means they the incentives are there as from june that would probably be the reason why wouldn't it
1: yeah yeah because uh, students in usually is january or july so so, so um and we we probably missed the um the January intake, but then yeah industry, a lot of intensive students are coming back um in the July intake.
0: Yeah. So they would have been maybe doing Zoom classes, for instance, over in, you know, their homeland just to get the first semester over and done with and then they come here, maybe? Or do you think the universities have accommodated and thought they'd have a first year intake and then a half year intake?
1: I think so it's, it's a mixture of both. Yeah. And then, I mean, also some a lot of um students when they come here, um, they'll actually spend the first semester uh polishing their English before they actually go to university. So they could be coming I- in July and they could be going to English classes for the rest of the year and then they start yeah. university 2023.
0: Yeah, makes sense. That's all good. So with owners preparing their homes now for a spring market, do you think their auction results will be impacted by international buyers?
1: Moving into the market. Um, what's really interesting is that um, uh, I'm not sure whether um, uh, a lot of um, Australians or your viewers are uh, aware. Overseas buyers can't actually buy established properties. So, okay. so if, if you if you have a, if you have a home in, in Glen Waifley or, or whatever, um, and and it's a house that's been there for for, for a number of years, so overseas buyers actually aren't allowed to uh, to buy them. Um, okay. So, but. Um, there are two. I wouldn't say loopholes, but there are two sort of ways that uh, they can still buy into it. Number one is that yeah. if they they're going to buy it, and then develop it. So they buy like a home on a I don't know, like six hundred to a thousand square meter land in um, you, you know, in um, uh, you know, a know a sort after suburb, and then they lock it down and they put two or three townhouses on it. As, yeah. as long as they're increasing the supply of um, housing stock, um, yeah. foreigners are allowed to buy. Um, That's mm-hmm. number, one, number one um, way for them to do it. And then yes. also there, there are some buyers that they just purchase through their uh, friends and family who are um, Australian um, residents.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. We're going to have a small break. And after the break, we will have more with David Tong from Sequoia Property, where he will talk to us about the interests of international buyers. Now, you're listening to Real Estate, right? I'm your host, Sue Langata, and I'm talking to property investment expert, David Tong from Sequoia Property, about the state of the market with international buyers now that lockdowns are a thing of the past. Now, David, which areas of Melbourne are international buyers looking for? Are they keen on certain government school zones and private schools?
1: Um, uh, uh, Traditionally, um, um, a lot of... um... Overseas buyers and I'm referring to mainly um uh, from East East Asia or North Asia. Yeah. Um uh, when they're looking for housing land, uh, it's generally the southeast and the um and the uh, southwest where uh, you can go as far as um like Berwick and um and Clyde and um and, and those areas uh, in the um uh, uh southeast of Melbourne. And then on the other side, um you go to like a point called, uh point Cove, uh those areas where there are uh, new housing um estates. Um, yes. That's where they buy, and that's because and, of and, the new,
0: the brand new home buy thing, isn't it? They have exactly.
1: To buy yeah, because they have to buy uh, brand new, and then um and then the other the like uh buy a house um in the inner suburbs not it down to rebuild, which will be uh quite costly and uh, difficult to manage, or they can just uh sign a contract in the um in the um in the outer suburbs, and a lot of uh, builders that uh, they have uh sales representative in or offices um. Um, in um, uh, overseas, also, uh, well, a lot of them have pulled back during the pandemic, but uh, I can only imagine that when things opening up again they will, they will just go back uh, to um, uh, to Singapore, Hong Kong or China to um to open up uh, their office, so they do actually service um, and and sell to um uh, buyers uh, directly so so yeah. for buyers looking at the house and land, um, I mean they will go to where the um, the new uh, the new green fields are. Um, uh, South East, Southwest, and even um, in the northern suburbs like, like Mernda and uh, even as far as South Wallen. Uh, yeah. On the other hand, um, uh, some people who want to buy their property for their kids to use while they're studying there, uh, studying here, they will either look for cbd or around cbd because that's quite central so whether they um they, the kids decide to go to RMRT or melbourne university or monash if you're in the city or south bank um sort of dockland area it's quite easy for them to 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 uh to um uh, to to transmit to the um uh to the universities or they may um that they may just purchase um very close to the um uh, to the actual university so they could be buying coffee uh clayton and um and your north northern suburbs um, near Latrobe, um, and of course the city where Melbourne University and RMRT are. And um yeah. and even in know uh, in first grade, um uh because you know Victoria University is in, is in first first grade. So we also seen um um uh, some Chinese buyers um um uh, buying there because uh, there are quite a number of um, students before the pandemic a lot of um, Chinese students are studying there. So you'll be around some uh yeah, those um uh, those areas.
0: Yeah, so you know how we've got government schools which have got quite good reputations like McKinnon Secondary and Glen Waverley Secondary Bowen High School just to name a few do they look for development properties in those little pockets
1: and if they are overseas um, persons uh, they will have to pay the fees anyway whether they go to public yeah. school or private school um yeah. it's only when you are a, a local Australian resident where if you live say in Bowen High School song then your kids can go to Bowen High School so so that's why properties within Bowen High School so um they sell or rent for um for a lot higher. But then the uh, yeah. but then the prerequisite is that um, um you have to be an Australian um resident. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. uh, for overseas um a person if the kids if they want to send the kids to a good public school uh in Australia, they'll still have to pay the um uh, the fees.
0: Yeah, I, I do understand that. Like but it's it's quite reduced. Like it's still like eighteen thousand dollars versus Forty thousand for Scotch, for instance. You yeah. know, it's um it's still a quite substantial hit, hurt to the hip pocket, but yeah um it's it yeah, they're still getting a quality education.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, so related that to your question regarding you know, the properties, uh, when that's the case, they don't actually have to buy or rent in the school zone other than yeah. out of convenience because they would have applied for it before the kids even even come here. So let's say oh, okay. if they, they want to send a kids to a McKinnon um a secondary school, they would have applied it before they come here. After applied, okay. after it got accepted, then they might start looking to um to rent or buy a property um uh, suitable property uh, uh, nearby.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So if they're coming here to occupy, what type of job skills or businesses are they bringing with them?
1: So my understand. So I'm not an immigration um, um agent, but I do deal with um a lot of uh, people that um there are uh, immigrants. And uh, my understanding is that uh, there are different types of uh, immigration visas that we accept. Yeah. And then, um, so, so one of the other uh, visas um, requires you to have, um, let's say, 10, 15 million Australian dollars to invest here. And another type requires you to have 5 million. And then there yeah. are other types that requires you to um, to have one or 2 million that you have to um, invest it into a certain sort of businesses or small cap um, or venture capitals. Um, so there are different types of visas uh, and it, it comes with uh, like different um, requirements and different benefits. Um, so it depends on the, um depends on what the person wants. So if a person has got 15 million Australian dollars, they can just uh, come here and and, um, and invest the money and they pretty much get the um, permanent residency straight away. Um, whereas uh, other people that put in like $5 million, um, they might actually have to live there for, live here for um for for a short period of time and if they still have to wait a few years before they be, they can become um um uh, 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 they get their residency uh, status so 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 you, so it really it really depends on um uh, what kind of uh, visa they come in whereas um uh skill visa then then my understanding is that we run a point system so and then uh, you know, i think the australian government uh, released releases a list of um professions that we want. Depends on, um, I guess, their uh, their feedback from the uh, business community. So, if the business said, "Oh, we um uh, we have a labor shortage in um uh in account uh, accountants," then accountants will be on the list. Or it could be more specific. Or like the uh, people who said, "Oh, we need um um uh, people that that experience in um in um in IT, but specifically in a particular um." Microsoft product or whatever, uh, they'll be on the list. So people, they have that skills and experience that they can apply, um, they'll bring that particular skill um, uh, to Australia. So that changes um, on a a regular basis.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Why do they think that Melbourne is still a great place to invest, especially if the prices have soared so much over the last two years?
1: Um, It is a a misconception that uh, Melbourne is expensive. It's not. Um, Yeah because if you go to any major cities, they are Australia's major trading partners, you will realize how cheap Australian properties are, especially in Melbourne. I mean, we are already like 30, 35% cheaper than Sydney. Um, uh, and, but if you compare, for example, uh, Melbourne properties to let's say Hong Kong. Um, in Melbourne, let's say you have a one-bedroom apartment, which is like 50 square meter. And a one-bedroom apartment in Hong Kong will probably be about three times the price in Melbourne, but they will yeah. be less than half the size. So yeah. one kitchen apartment in Hong Kong may be like 22 square meters is 50 square meters here. So while you, you think that the oil oh, is only three times the price, it's really six times if you look at the yeah. uh, the space. So, mm. and that's just Hong Kong. And similarly, if you go to um uh, Singapore, Taipei, Shanghai, Beijing, Tokyo, even if you go to places like San Francisco and New York, london um uh, other places you will realize that um properties in australia especially melbourne are actually given our given our income level and the lifestyle and everything it is actually still very cheap um Mm. so when um so when you it's it's like uh, people in sydney they go to brisbane and they invest it's oh like brisbane is so cheap and then melbourne people go to adelaide but in, in, in this case um People coming from Hong Kong or Shanghai, they come to come to Melbourne. They're like, "Oh my God! Like this is so cheap. It's like, yeah. I yeah, I can't even afford a um a bathroom in Hong Kong, but now I can buy a, um like a fully functioning large apartment or even uh, maybe a house to land on it. So yeah. so it is still cheap. Um, um and also um even though in the past two years, Australian property prices gone up a lot, overseas market have gone even higher. Wow! So we are we are still catching up. Like yeah. uh, even New Zealand, even Auckland projects gone up faster than um Australia major cities. And yeah. then in um in most of um in most major uh real estate markets around the world, uh, they've also uh, gone through the roof uh, over the past two years. So so Australia is actually one of the uh, the slower growing um uh markets. So from wow. our perspective, we say, Oh, <laughs> Australia probably has gone up so much, but it really yeah. hasn't if you look at um from a uh, global perspective. Yeah,
0: fair enough um so do you think the interest in Melbourne will be as big as it was pre covid
1: um Well, there are a lot of um like um uh things happening around the world um I okay. think the the benefit is that Australia uh, is seen as a um a safe place um politically financially and um and just in general you're just a safe place and um i I think that has been attracting a lot of um uh, interest. Like during the um uh the riots in Hong Kong, um, interest from Hong Kong people to buy in Australia skyrocketed, um wow. uh, because uh because they, they saw like they're rioting in in Hong Kong and then um uh, there'll be um it's like new security laws are uh, being imp- implemented by by China so so some people decided oh like uh, maybe we should um go somewhere else and um and and I think I think um six figure p- uh, number of people have um sort of um indicated they um they want to or are moving to uk i think yes. i mean the figure was like uh, three hundred thousand hong kong people are going to like, move to uk but then uh maybe a similar amount of uh, number of people or maybe smaller number of people they may consider australia um instead and and um and i think the australian government um, since the hong kong rise uh, australian governments it has set up a specific quota for Hong Kong residents. I think it's fifty thousand people to come to Australia, um, and, then, um, and then and then and yeah they. So that's why the 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 interest um kind of skyrocketed um uh, uh, during uh, during the ride. I I have a um a developer um. I have a, I work with a particular developer and then during the Hong Kong riots, um, he was actually flying salespeople to Hong Kong every month to sell. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, they're writing there. And he said, and then the, um, the guy said, Oh, I just stay in the hotel. I run my event in a hotel. People come yeah. and then they buy, I don't know, 10, 15 properties and they fly out. Yeah. <laughs> and they can, he can see the writing on the street. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we
0: was capitalizing on, on, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah, so with um with uncertainty and unrest and troubles happening um around the world, um I think you actually increase the attractiveness of Australia.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um now is there anything else we should know about international buyers and their buying trends?
1: After two years break, I think they will uh come back and they might come back in force that um yeah. that may even be stronger than um than their previous cases. Um for a variety of reasons that um, that we uh, discussed before, yeah. uh, but so with uh, with uh, like the trouble overseas and um, and the uncertainty in, um, in 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 the northern hemisphere of um, of our world, people look at Australia as um, as a very safe and stable uh, place to um, to park their wealth, and and also um, as I mentioned earlier, um, uh, there are some financial product coming back to the market tailored specifically to uh, overseas buyers where they can uh, buy a property and pay only around like 3% um, interest rather than 6 or 7%. So if you think about that, uh, they will pay like half of what you were paying previously in your mortgage, you know, your mortgage interest. So that instantly uh, increases um, uh, their, uh, their purchasing power. So that's yeah. just come back to the market and then you'll um, take like two or three months to filter it out. And then, yeah. um, so everything's sort of happening at the same time, border reopening international students happening, um, yeah. financing products becoming um, available and then turmoids, um in the, um, uh, in certain parts of the world. I think they're all happening at the same time. And also of course, um, uh, uh, our economy is is booming. Uh, commodity prices have gone through the roof. So we so we have lots of jobs. Like we are we are pre- pretty much in um full employment now, and um, so with all these uh things going on, um, I think I think uh everything that that take the box for an overseas buyer or investor are being ticked uh, right now. So I think in the second half of the year, um, um, uh, yeah, we'll see a um. A very strong demand for overseas buyers coming in, and um, and and um, like for um, for 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 us Australians, they are already here. Um, it's just a uh, a matter of uh, positioning positioning yourself, um, and and you're, uh, positioning yourself, positioning your position yourself, position your 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 family's wealth and uh, and your financial situations to um to take a, take a advantage of that. Yeah, it sounds like
0: it's going to be very interesting end of the year. That's for sure. We'll- Thank you so much, David, for your global expertise and coming on to our Real Estate Right podcast again. Now, how can listeners get in contact with you if they are looking to buy an investment or even their first home?
1: Well, they're always welcome to, um, to send me an email. So my email is uh, au, and I uh, always respond to, um, uh, to the buyers. Even if they're just asking for general advice, I'm happy to help uh, where I can. And... Um, yeah and i i firmly believe in i'm like helping people um achieve financial freedoms and um and then and a lot of my my clients they um uh, even if you don't, it, a lot of them buy from me because I do have um uh, uh, have access to um to very specific um uh, investment products. Sometimes they, they decide to uh, to buy something else, but then they will they will still um like come back to me with referrals or asking us to manage the rental for them. So uh, so I'm always happy to um uh, to, to to help others
0: beautiful well we'll have all your details on our show notes as well as our social media so um, our listeners can get in contact with you so thanks again david it's always a pleasure having you on thank you sue thank you now next week we have brendan kelly from results mentoring to talk to us about how to think big with a property development coach it's a great episode if you're a budding developer or thinking about getting into the developing industry and want a heads up on how to be a success so don't miss it Real Estate Right is produced by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting companies. And it's written, hosted and produced by me, Sue Langada, with the support of my production and social media assistant, Lisa Fisher. All information given on this podcast is a guide only and delivered to help you understand the intricacies that can happen in real estate. We recommend that you get professional advice that is designed for your own personal circumstances. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting this podcast, Premium Beat for their music, Francis Morello for his voiceover, and Zoom for the recording. If you have a real estate story that is inspiring or a great how-to tip, Please contact Lisa on 5977889 to find out how you can be a guest on Real Estate Right in 2022. If you would like to know more about our copywriting services, please email Lisa at orders at realcopyright.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters, and investors get their real estate right.